Hey folks, it's Dr. Sam, and I want to welcome you to another iClarity podcast. We are at podcast number 91, and we've got some great questions today. So I think I'm going to jump in with Christy. Christy says, I am a 43-year-old female who has been dealing with floaters for the past three years. I had been working with a functional medicine doctor for two years prior to developing floaters in order to regulate low thyroid after the birth of my second child. Since developing floaters, I also have additional issues such as seeing black and white objects move and seeing sparkles when looking up at the blue sky. And I've been to numerous eye doctors and they all say my vision is perfect. Can you speak about that? Okay, so with floaters, you know, we we know that floaters occur in the vitreous part of the eye. That's the gel sac that is in the back uh, two-thirds of the eye. We call it the posterior chamber. And the vitreous sac is made up of mostly collagen. And if there is either a dehydration or a reduction in collagen health, uh, the vitreous sac begins to shrink. Uh, some of the collagen begins to harden and break off, and thus you get these uh, floating specks in the gel sac of the eye. So there are many reasons why we get floaters. Christy, you talked about endocrine imbalances. Thyroid is certainly part of it. Um, You know, whenever... um, a mom gives birth, uh, it's definitely going to change the hormonal level. So taking a look at all the hormonal balancing can affect our eye health, especially in the vitreous area. Collagen health is another uh, issue. So boosting your collagen levels, maybe with bone broth, more trace minerals, Um, I also like to do things like liver cleanses, uh, so things like milk thistle or dandelion root, getting rid of any inflammation that's occurring in the body, uh, the gut specifically, and one of your next questions talks about the gut. Uh, The MSM can be very helpful in uh, hydrating and moisturizing the eyes using homeopathic eye drops, eye bright tea. So getting more of those herbal uh, homeopathic nutrients into the eye tissue, wearing blue blockers if you're on any digital devices, and uh, eye exercises. So my eye exercises like N-Palm Hum and the Animal Eye Chart, which is an eye stretching chart uh, for for stretching the eye muscles. And... Uh, Also, the tongue clock exercise is very, very important as well. So when I think about floaters, I think about liver health, uh, and that's related to eye health. So those would be some things to consider. Now, um, you speak about how in certain cases, uh, certain doctors say that uh, fish oil and high doses of vitamins can hurt your vision, and you're confused about what you should be doing on that level. So the eyes have one of the highest metabolic needs of the body. Uh, The retina has one of the highest metabolic needs. Actually, the retina has the highest metabolic need of the eye, and the macula has the highest metabolic need in the retina. And 
for most people, one of the reasons why they develop eye disease is due to oxidative stress. And in oxidative stress, the mechanism is on a cellular level, the mitochondria are not producing enough ATP. Therefore, you're not, your detoxification system is not working properly, and thus you get an accumulation of free radicals. So you do need a certain baseline level of eye nutrients, uh, vitamin A, uh, the B complex is actually very important as well, vitamin C, uh, the tocotrienols, vitamin E, uh, bilberry, quercetin, and then of course your carotenoids, lutein, zeaxanthin, astaxanthin, your trace minerals, and I believe just in the research that I have seen that we actually need 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams a day of omega-3. We do not produce omega-3, so we have to get it through outside sources. Now, you can spread it around. You can get it through your nuts and seeds um, if you eat seafood, and then you can supplement with a really high-level omega-3. And make sure you've got enough DHA. That is the essential ingredient. Again, there is research out there that says the DHA is the most important part of the omega-3 as it relates to eye health, brain health. So in moderation, for sure. Uh, but I also think that you know, getting enough of the omega-3s helps reduce inflammation, and uh, it's very important for eye-brain health. Okay, another piece to the puzzle which you talk about is another question. When working with a functional medicine doctor to heal gut dysbiosis, is it okay to take high-quality uh, supplement proteins, high doses of vitamins to get the gut healed without worrying about negative effects? Well, this is, um, you know, the, the jury is out on this because, you know, one of the keys is the microvilli, which coat or line the intestinal tract. A lot of times they're, they're either um, challenged and they're, they're involved in the dietary absorption. So it creates a chronic inflammation uh, and dealing with that chronic infla inflammation in the gut it really starts with healing the microbiome. Now, how to heal the microbiome? You know, it's prebiotic fiber, it's fermented foods, it's probiotics. It's, it's really doing a lot of different things to increase the good bacteria in the gut and the same time reduce inflammation. So taking these high dosages of vitamins and, um, you know, other techniques, it really starts with healing the microbiome because that's where you get the absorption, stress levels, lack of sleep, endocrine imbalances. So this is complicated because one size does not fit all. And what a functional medicine doctor could do is take a baseline of your biochemistry, live blood analysis, hair analysis, urine analysis, whatever it is to get a baseline on your biochemistry and then to start giving you things based on what the roadmap is of your biochemistry level. If you want to take it one step further, uh, going to somebody that does some kind of energy compatibility testing, uh, this could be 
like educational kinesiology, muscle testing, to find out what dose, how much, how long, what supplements you should be taking, what foods you should be eating. So when you ask the body energetically, this is a way to really determine what uh, exactly you need. And it's a dynamic process that's going to change. Now, for many people, we are all being exposed to the pesticides, agriculture, and this is producing the glyphosate uh, era where glyphosate is really wreaking havoc, havoc on our digestive system. So, you know, taking into account what your glyphosate uh, influences, what your heavy metals are, what your dental care was like, root canals. Uh, you know, there's a lot to unpack here, and I don't have one pat answer. Hopefully, your functional medicine doctor can look both on a macro level and a micro level to be able to uh, determine what it is you need. But this idea that um, omega-3 fish oil is something you shouldn't be taking because it's dangerous, I think the science really points to the benefits of taking omega-3 because we're not producing it in our body and having a relationship of one-to-one, at most four-to-one, omega-6 to omega-3. So um, again, you know, check that out. All right. Now, another question you ask, and I get this uh, once a week. How can uh, one incorporate mindfulness into eye healing so someone can believe they can heal? There's so many negative diagnoses and doctors who say you can't heal your eyes. And what would you say about finding hope to do that? Well, first of all, um, you know, we all live in a we we all live in different clouds. You know, there's a cloud that's our family. There's a cloud that stores our computer information. There's a cloud if we go to uh, you know our religious institution. There's a cloud around you know government. So every cloud has a certain vibrational field, and I think we need to bring in this conversation about the visual uh, the the um, energy field, you know, our bodies are surrounded by an energy field. And based on what we are thinking, what our past is, um, you know, traumas, all of those things are in the energy field. And the energy field is like a light bulb. It's like a broadcast. So as we continue to live our life, if we don't change the energy field, we keep drawing those people and experiences that um, entrain the field to keep us where we are. So it's important that you be very discerning about what cloud, what energy field you want to tap into. You know, there was a book written many years ago uh, by David Hawkins. He was a psychiatrist and he wrote a book called Power Versus Force. I'd recommend that you get that book. In that book, he takes a look at how words have a certain vibrational frequency. And he uses educational kinesiology and his, his scale is such that fear, the energy of fear, the, the, the frequency is that vibrates at about 200 on his scale, which is barely living. Whereas if you look at 
the vibrational frequency of gratitude, love, enlightenment, uh, these vibrate anywhere between 800 and 1,000 in terms of the scale. So it's important that you live in a cloud where your energy field is high, high frequency. Now, this may be doing regular morning spiritual practice. It could be doing things like pranayama breath. It could be chanting. It could be, um, you know, doing yoga, tai chi, qigong, continuum movement, doesn't matter. But having a spiritual practice where you are working on boosting your own energy field and keeping that vibration at a high level, that is a way for you to be able to heal. Now, Specifically about the eyes, yes, it is unfortunate that the eye care field lives in a state of fear. When you go to most of the eye, eye care practices, it's a fear factory. They're producing fear. There's no um, awareness that you can actually improve or heal. So hang out with me. In my community, um, we, uh, <laughs> we operate in a, in a high field. Now, I've been doing this 35 years. So I have thousands and thousands of patients who I have helped heal their vision, improve their health and wellness. And so keep consuming my content, keep interacting with me. Uh, and, and, you know, most of my content, actually all of my content is free on social media, my podcasts, things like that, and doing some eye practices that can help support your eyes getting better is another factor. Now, um, you talk about looking for maybe a holistic eye person uh, out there. You know, I'm in the process of training people to uh, use my methods because one of the pitfalls of people who say they teach eye exercises, it's another type of externalizing exercise. So as long as you continue to do the exercise, you'll, you won't get worse, but it doesn't really create the breakthrough because the way you heal your vision is from the inside out. And the practices are there for you to uh, be a mirror. It'll be a mirror for you to see your habits, your conditioning, your belief systems, uh, so that you can let go of the programming that's caused your eyes to let you down to begin with. So um, I'm very selective and discerning about recommending so-called vision teachers or eye exercise teachers. I mean, I certainly think there are uh, aspects of the Bates method that are helpful, but unless the person has gone through their own personal eye healing and they are really walking it and living it and occupying it and understanding that you have to heal from the inside out, then um, it doesn't really work uh, very well. So I would caution you, uh, check them out carefully if you're going to start interviewing people. Now, the last question you talk about is, and this again is from the Bates method about, is it better to wear glasses lowering your prescription? But Bates says not to wear your glasses again. So how do you do this in society? So first of all, Bates was a 1900s uh, ophthalmologist. We are now in 2020, very different era. Uh, no digital devices back then. Uh, don't have the visual demands. So I don't think that that's really accurate. So 
as an eye doctor, as an optometrist and studying lenses and prescriptions, what I have found is as follows, is that when you're going through an eye exercise program and you wear a lens that corrects you to 2020, after you do the exercises for a while and the practices, your eyes are going to start to feel tight when you wear the 2020 prescription. That's the time to start wearing a reduced prescription and your eyes will flex into that. Now, you can go to your regular eye doctor and ask him or her to uh, prescribe a pair of 2040 correcting lenses, and that's a more relaxed prescription. So you can start wearing that in non-demanding, non-threatening situations, start walking with it, wearing it around the house, um, and notice how you feel in your body and compare how you feel in your body with the 2040 prescription versus the tighter 2020 prescription. Now, when you start wearing a reduced prescription, you have to be very artful about when you wear it. So if you're wearing a reduced prescription and you start feeling frustrated, then you're wearing the prescription in the wrong circumstance. So you wear whatever you need to to feel safe, to get the job done, and that's the doing prescription. And then when you're in the being part of your world, the mindfulness, as you brought up in another part of your question, then you can go into the internal, how do I feel inside when I wear this? What does it bring up for me? What does it show me? What is it telling me? And the goal is to see if you can relax into the reduced prescription. So, uh, Christy, I hope that's helpful. Thank you so much for the question. All right, the second question I'm going to take is from Catherine. And she is interested in reducing the level of pressure in her right eye. Um, there was a surgery that was recommended by Kaiser, uh, but she did not do. She's also interested in reducing the dependency on glasses and contacts. All right, let's start with the reduction of dependency on glasses or contacts. So if you're going to go down that route, the first thing to note is any prescription you get is a a readout of the adaptation you are making in the world around your vision. So it's like a readout and it's a it's a it's a reading that's telling you this is my adaptive response. So if you're nearsighted, you pull the world in. If you're farsighted, you push the world out. If you're astigmatism, you twist the world. Anyway, whatever the prescription the doctor is giving you is only embedding the adaptation and compensation you're already making. So in order to get out of that rabbit hole, two things have to happen. Number one, you need to start doing an, a daily, regular eye exercise program. You need to start interacting with the habits and conditioning that is related to why you got the prescription to begin with. If you don't do the exercises and you're not reprogramming your eyes and your brain and your body, then you have no chance of reducing your prescription. Now, if you're really dedicated and committed to the eye exercises, then you can go to your doctor and say, hey, make me up a 2040 prescription, slightly blurry. Okay, slightly undercorrected. And you start wearing that in non-demanding, non-threatening situations as the teacher. So the, the 2040 prescription is the teacher that is informing you and what comes up for you, what your attitudes, belief systems, 
all of that that that's that's going on that programmed you you programmed yourself to create a certain way of seeing probably to feel safe so you wear that prescription in non-demanding and non-threatening situations and when you do that your eyes will eventually flex into the reduced prescription now this does a couple of things really positive Number one, it starts to relax your eyes. Number two, it's going to open up your perceptions and allow you to see more. Number three, it's going to open up your peripheral vision, which, which is going to improve your depth perception, your balance, and your memory. Now, if you're wearing a 2020 prescription, it's tight. And you talked about how can you reduce the level, level of pressure in your right eye? Well, if you're wearing a tight lens prescription, it is having an impact on the circulation of your eyes. So glaucoma is a vascular disease. It's a constriction or a contraction of the circulation in your eye. So if you want to reduce the pressure in your eye from glaucoma, you need to increase your lymphatic health. That might be jumping on a rebounder five to 10 minutes a day. Uh, it may be uh, getting some craniosacral therapy. Uh, adding more um, fats and oils to your diet and healthy antioxidants. Let me just say this about the fish oil. It's very important for optic nerve health. So if your pressure is high, the optic nerve health is supported by the fish oil. Uh, so you want to make sure you're getting at least 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams of omega-3 every day. And then last but not least, there's an herbal formula out there called Coleus, C-O-L-E-U-S. And this herbal formula has been shown in some preliminary studies to actually bring down eye pressure. This is phenomenal. So you could get on the Coleus herbal formula, um, do these other things. I would probably include the eye exercises to de-stress your eyes and doing all of these things over a period of time, you can reduce the pressure in the right eye, neutralize that, and move away from the edge of having to do these more invasive uh, surgeries. So I hope, um, um, Catherine, that that's helpful. I want to thank you so much for your participation. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap. That is our show for today. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Keep sending me your questions. I love it. And until next time, take good care. Dr. Sam Byrne. To learn more about his seminars and workshops, visit his website, www.drsambyrne.com. The Byrne Method is a trademark signature of Dr. Sam Byrne for his workshops, seminars, books, and DVDs. The information presented in this podcast is in no way intended as a substitute for receiving professional medical care. The design and purpose for this podcast is to provide information for educational purposes only. Dr. Byrne and his guests have no liability or responsibility to any person or entity for loss, damage, injury caused, or allegedly caused through the information, exercises, suggestions, explorations, or written responses presented in this podcast. Dr. Byrne is not a medical authority and his guests are not qualified to diagnose or treat any disease or health problem. This podcast is not a substitute for medical care. Dr. Byrne's information is only his personal opinion. If you have any health problem, please seek medical care for whatever condition you may have.